Welcome to Mountain View Church Audio. Striving to introduce people to Jesus through scripture, biblical instruction, and prayer with authenticity and vibrancy. You don't need to know anything about the Bible. Just sit back, relax, and let God do the rest. Please consider subscribing to this podcast and leave a rating and review. And please consider supporting this ministry through a tax-deductible donation at mountainview.church slash give. That's mountainview.church slash give. Now here's this week's message. The word gift has been cheapened in our culture a little bit. This has to do with freedom and affluence in the Western world. Maybe you've walked into a retailer and seen a sign for free gift with purchase. I've fallen for this. It's to increase spending. It's not really a gift at all. It's built into the cost, but you feel better. Maybe you've been the recipient of a last minute obligation gift. I've done this as well, where you're invited over to someone's house and all of a sudden you remember, I didn't get them anything. So you stop quickly at the store, grab something, and as they welcome you in, they often say, oh, that was so thoughtful. But you think to yourself, that actually wasn't thoughtful at all. I literally put no thought into that. I remembered on the way over here. You don't say it, but maybe we should. Another item is those work Christmas parties and the white elephant gift. Maybe you've received those wonderful Rudolph reindeer slippers with the light up nose, and you're immediately thinking, how do I offload these? You think there's a Christmas party next weekend. Maybe I already have a gift. And you get a little worried thinking, surely I won't have to wait till next year to offload these slippers. The reason why these gifts are cheapened, it's to do with our society. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying we shouldn't be grateful. We should be grateful for whatever we receive. But these types of gifts are missing a key element of gift giving. That element is love. Love is missing from many gifts in our culture. You see, a gift of love appears before the gift is given. A gift of love appears before the gift is given. It appears in the relationship that's built with a colleague, friend, or family member. It appears in knowing exactly what they need or want. It appears in spending the time to look for that perfect gift that they'll love and cherish. And if you're creative enough, <laughs> love really appears in something that you've crafted, designed yourself. That takes a lot of time and effort. What this leads us to is an understanding that gifts of love appear in well-planned sacrifice more than last-minute affluence. Gifts of love appear in well-planned sacrifice more than last-minute affluence. And this actually points us to the greatest gift of love ever given, which points us to Christmas and the gift God gave us, a long, well-planned sacrifice in His Son, Jesus. Today is the start of our Advent series called Christmas Journey. And over the next few weeks, we will be walking through the Advent themes of love, hope, joy, peace, eventually leading to Christmas Eve and the good news of Jesus Christ. Today we focus on the Advent of love. 
John 3, 16 through 21. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light, and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. I believe the greatest gift of love is Jesus. I believe this to be true, and if you follow Jesus, then you believe that to be true as well. But maybe some of you are searching, new to church, new to Christianity, and you're skeptical of that statement, that Jesus is a gift, that he's the greatest gift. Now, some of you have likely heard, if you've hung around with Christians, you've heard the verse John 3.16. It's arguably the most popular verse in Christendom. And it's often quoted. You've probably heard it. Uh, It's written different places uh, on signs, different things like that. And John 3.16 says, God so loved the world, now that world includes you and I, that he gave his only son, that whoever again, including you and I, believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Now, maybe in the past or even now, this statement has pulled you in. It's attractive in some sense. There's there's powerful words in that, a powerful truth that maybe you're struggling to believe, but, but you maybe want to believe it. You want it to be true. It is, it's good. It is good news, which is where we're eventually leading to in this series. But you're still skeptical, mostly because of Christians who follow Jesus or the church that proclaims Jesus. Maybe in your experience, Christians have not been loving. Maybe uh, you've watched TV preachers and they pitch answered prayers for money. That's not very loving. Uh, Maybe you've heard about church leaders abusing the vulnerable. That's definitely not loving. Maybe you felt judged for asking questions and dismissed without getting answers. Maybe you received a list of rules and obligations and dress codes for church. Again, not really loving. And maybe in general you've explored Christianity, checked out the church, but you've just received judgment instead of love. If that's your experience, on behalf of pastors, ministers, priests, and church leaders everywhere, please accept my apology. I'm sorry. Uh, Many Christians, many church leaders have not lived up to what they're called to be. That being said, I think one of the main reasons this happens is because Christians who memorize John 3.16 neglect the next verse. And if they could capture... John 3, 16 and 17 together, they might get a little bit of a wake-up call. And maybe if you're following Jesus now and, and you say you're a Christian, maybe for us who, who do follow Christ, we, we need this wake-up call. Because immediately after John three sixteen, which we love to quote, we read this. 
God didn't send Jesus into the world to condemn the world. Again, which includes you and I. But in order that the world, you and I, might be saved through him. I'm going to read that one more time. God didn't send Jesus into this world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The truth is that we are all condemned. Um, now, hold on, but because we're not condemned by Jesus and we shouldn't be condemned by the church, that's not it. It's actually we're condemned by ourselves. And that may seem a little odd, but allow me to explain. Our sin, which is the wrong we do, every single one of us, nobody's perfect. There are things we do, say, think that are centered on ourselves where we put ourselves first. That's sin. That's our sin nature, our fallen humanness. And that sin separates us from a holy God. We can't, in our imperfection, approach such a righteous, perfect being. Now, in the beginning, we read in the Bible that the Hebrew people uh, made sacrifices and followed laws to keep good standing with God, and it was fleeting for them. They would do well, and then they would fall. And this would go over and over again. And the truth remains that there is no amount of sacrifice that humans can give, animal sacrifices, that is, or even sacrifices of time or work or anything else. We can't sacrifice enough to reach God's holiness and righteousness. But God had a plan, a well-laid-out plan to send his son, Jesus, a perfect sacrifice, which is what Christmas is all about. We celebrate that Savior that God sent that Jesus was born. But he didn't stay a baby. He grew up like every human being and became a man, although different in that he was perfect without sin. And many of the religious leaders and the political leaders hated him for how many people followed him, for the healings and miracles he did, and they killed him. They thought they were done with him, but this was all part of God's plan, that on the cross, as he died, the sin of the world fell on him, and he paid for all of our sin. Every person, you and I, and he was buried. They thought they were done with him, but no, this was all part of the plan. This was the gift of love, that he would rise from the dead, and conquer sin and death, and he'd be alive. He still is alive. He would ascend to heaven to prepare a place, and here's the key, for those who would believe. Jesus entered this world, like you and I, as an infant, but he was perfect. And the belief in his coming, in his death and resurrection, and his return— Belief in that is actually the clincher. But maybe you're still skeptical. And you're not ready to believe. You want to, but there's an element missing. Well, to explain this further, I'd like to come back to this whole concept of Christmas gifts. Now, when you're watching a Christmas movie, uh, you get all the feeling and emotion, the nostalgia... And a lot of times these Christmas movies are set in kind of a gone era, uh, you know, time past. And a lot of times it's maybe a cabin or maybe a farmhouse. And uh, 
the mother and father, you know, rush the kids off to bed on Christmas Eve and maybe they're up in, in the attic or the loft and maybe they're peering down to see what's happening and they're trying to sleep waiting for Christmas morning. But there's this setting that we've seen and th that we enjoy, which is interesting in our modern context. You see mom and dad by the fire and the father pulls out his pocket knife and finishes whittling or, and, and making that, that last toy for the child to enjoy on Christmas morning. Maybe mother is in her chair and she's knitting socks, a sweater, a blanket again for Christmas morning. There is a ton of time and effort that is put into those types of gifts. If you think about it there, working on those um, days in advance, weeks in advance, maybe even months, they have to save the money for the supplies. There's not a lot of you know, credit available in those days and they would have to acquire the materials and, and plan out what they're gonna do. They really did have to think about Christmas morning long before you and I had to. And we understand that in that setting. And we know that those days are kind of gone for us. Only very few of us still create stuff and make stuff, craft stuff for those we love. And the question remains, okay, why do we love that scene? Why do we love those handcrafted things? What, what kind of nostalgia does it bring and why does it? Because even most of us, if we're younger, we, we really didn't grow up in that. Or maybe we received that from our grandparents. Well, the nostalgia we feel, the love we feel, is that is really coming back to what we're talking about today, that gifts of love appear in well-planned sacrifice. Gifts of love appear in well-planned sacrifice. And those toys that are made by hand, that those mittens, scarfs, toques, blankets that are knit, they take time. There is a well-planned sacrifice. And, and that shows love. And on a much larger, larger scale, uh, this is true of God's gift. This is true of God's gift of Jesus. The Apostle Paul, writing to the Ephesian church, reminds the church, and maybe this is a reminder for you, of this component, this long, well-planned sacrifice. The Apostle Paul writes, He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. In love, He predestined us for adoption to Himself as sons or daughters, through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. According to the purpose of his will. That's amazing. You see, whether you believe it or not, God knew you and he loved you. The foundation of the world, he saw you, knew you, loved you. He wants you to belong to his family. He wants you to become his son or daughter. He wants to adopt you. He wants to remove the sin that separates us, fallen people, from a holy God. And that's why he sent Jesus. That's why Jesus is the greatest gift of love. And so the big question for you today, and, and maybe for those of you who follow Jesus, but maybe you've been away for a while, it's just a reminder. But we need to ask ourselves, will we accept God's gift of love? Will we accept God's gift of love that's found in Jesus? We receive eternal life. 
We receive, when we believe in Jesus, God's Spirit living inside of us. We receive a new life, but we are brought into God's family. If you would like to accept God's gift of love today, if you would like to accept Jesus, receive Him, believe in Him, I'm, I'm willing to lead you in a prayer, or you can pray yourself if you'd like, and you can start your restored relationship with God. And for those of you that know Jesus, maybe this is just a good reminder as we journey towards Christmas, as we journey towards that manger moment where Jesus came, maybe it's a resetting for you. Maybe you've been far from God for a long time. You knew him as a child or as a teenager, and now you're returning. Wherever you're at, let's take this moment, recenter on Jesus, make our commitment or recommitment. If you would like to do that, you can pray with me right now and say this prayer. Dear Father, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that my sin separates me from you, a holy God. But I believe that you sent your Son, the greatest gift of love, into this world to die for me. That my sin would go on him, that it would be placed on him, that he would be the punishment, that he would be the sacrifice for the wrong in my heart and mind. Jesus, I thank you for going to the cross for me. I want to follow you. I believe in you. And I thank you that you didn't remain in the grave, but you rose from the dead and you conquered sin and death for me and for your glory. I thank you that you're coming again to rescue me or that I will be with you for eternity when I die. Today I choose you. I want to belong to God's family. And I ask that I would receive the Holy Spirit in my belief and that your spirit would help me as I continue to journey through this life. I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you said that prayer, please drop a comment below, message us, however you're able and willing to let us know. We would love to to pray with you or for you and and get to know you. Uh, We would love to send you a Bible, uh, mail one to you so that you have a copy of the scriptures. We would love to get you connected to Mountain View, wherever you're at. We would love to help you. So please let us know if you said that prayer or maybe you're just looking for a church family to belong to. We'd love to get connected. Now, before we go, it it would only be fitting as we start this Advent journey and as we talk about love and the greatest gift of love, that, that sacrificial love, it would only be fitting that we would take communion. And uh, so if you would like to take communion, if you've just given your life to Jesus, this is maybe the first time you're doing it. But if you're a Christian um, and you would like to do communion with us here um, and with me, you can pause the video if you'd like and go get the elements. If you don't already, I already have them here for me. And uh, then you can hit play again and we'll come back to reading the, the passages. All right, now that you're back, 
we're going to look at Matthew 26, the communion account in Matthew 26. But first, I am going to actually pray for the bread and the cup together, and then I will uh, read the bread passage. We will take the bread or cracker, and then I'll read the cup passage, and then we'll take the wine or grape juice or whatever you have. All right, so let us pray and thank God for the elements. Dear Father, I thank you for those who have chosen to follow you today. And I thank you that they're welcomed into the family and maybe for the first time celebrating this communion remembrance, this moment. This is a representation of the great gift of love, the sacrificial love that you gave us through Jesus. Jesus, we are about to take uh, this bread, these crackers, which represent your body that was broken, that was beaten and whipped and placed on a cross. As we take it, we remember that, that you did that out of love, that you took that punishment out of love for us. And Jesus, as we take the cup afterwards, we understand that the, the color, that, that deep red color is a, is a pointer to the blood that was shed from the nails in your hands and feet, from the thorns on your brow, from the spear in your side, and all the wounds that you're endured for us. As we take the cup, we remember the atonement. We remember the redemption we have through your sacrifice. As we take this bread and cup, we thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your plan. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Matthew 26, verses 27 to 29. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day, when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. One last thing for today, and that is our discussion groups. Maybe you're online with someone, maybe you're at home in a living room, uh, maybe you're in house with our church family, in a physical gathering, wherever you're at, I have two discussion questions for you to unpack and continue learning. We don't want this to just be about content consumption. We want this to be about community and connection. And the only way to really do that is to interact with each other. 
You can't simply just watch the video and walk away. You can, but there's only limited growth that you're going to experience. You need to interact with people. And so if you're willing, I have two questions. The first question is, what is the best Christmas gift you ever received? What is the best Christmas gift you ever received? And how did that gift make you feel loved? How did that gift make you feel loved? The second question, a little deeper, is if you've accepted Jesus, describe how God's gift of love has impacted your life. If you've accepted Jesus Christ, describe how that gift of love from God, how the gift of Jesus has impacted your life. Again, if you gave your life to Christ today, let us know. And if you're willing, um, watching this on social media or wherever you're at, please uh, like and subscribe so that we can make sure you get every new video uh, each week and every church update, every song, every sermon uh, when you need it. Thank you so much, and we will see you next week for our second Advent focused on hope. If you need hope in this world, if you want hope as you journey towards Christmas, come back next week. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Mountain View Church Audio. If you've given your life to Jesus today or would like to join, serve, or support Mountain View Church, please let us know at mountainview.church connect. That's mountainview.church slash connect. Have a blessed week.